This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only, on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So it's just been announced that our club Wolverhampton Wanderers as uh, has been reported widely in the media, have just announced uh, the appointment of Gary O'Neill as Wolves' next permanent manager stroke head coach on a three-year deal after the, um, well, the dramatic day yesterday which saw Julian Lopetegui and the entire coaching uh, team leave um, leave the building, literally. Um, I thought it was really important as Wolves fans uh, that we talk to someone that knows a lot more about Gary O'Neill uh, than we do. And there's a fantastic uh, Bournemouth uh, channel on YouTube. Make sure you please go and check them out and give them loads of support. Uh, it's Cherry's Red Army. And I've got uh, the main uh, person from over there, Kirk, to join us today to talk about uh, this appointment. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, thanks for the invite, Dave. Um I'm happy to be here and try and give you as much information that Wolves fans will be looking for. Fair play to Gary O'Neill. I mean, Dave, we're unlikely to win the lottery in our lifetime and he's done it twice in 12 months. And what I would say for Wolves fans is you'll need a little bit of patience. There might be some tough viewable days ahead of you on match day. And yeah, you might need a little bit of patience. Well, reading between the lines on there, I think you're going to have quite a lot uh, to sort of uh, get us into and sort of really educate us on what to expect. From the outside, right, I mean, looking at this, it's not a sexy appointment as a Wolves fan. We are kind of a bit of a laughing stock at the moment in terms of everything that's going on. I bet you've been kind of watching, like every fan, with amusement and disbelief that this has happened to, to Wolves and to any club uh, four or five days before the start of the season. It was reported that they had talks with uh, Gary last week when Lopetegui apparently told Wolves that he was going to leave and then they started talking. Was, Matt Hobbs has came out on the uh, the media release that's just been issued by Wolves. Sporting Director Matt Hobbs said, we're delighted to welcome Gary to the club. 
He's a highly motivated young coach with strong principles and very well thought of by everyone he's worked with. We're excited to see what he can achieve together on Wolves. Our players have shown their quality during pre-season and believe Gary and his team will continue to coach and improve them and we will have six, and will have success working with the group. Um, yeah, so he came in to Bournemouth from the outside. What a job. Kept you up. I mean, I had, I mean, I must admit it. Um, I thought Bournemouth were going to go, and then he did a for, for what most of us think is a miracle, and kept you guys up with plenty to spare. I remember coming down and watching you play us at Molyneux. I think you had one shot. It came off someone's knee and went in, and you won the game one nil. Yeah. Um, but you get you got the job done, and then what I was really surprised was that at the end of the season, the Bournemouth board have decided, after he's done such a good job to keep him up, they've cut him cut him loose and appointed a replacement. Give us a little bit more insight on what we can expect from Gary um, and what sort of um, type of manager he is, what type of character he is in terms of communication on and off the field and with the players and what sort of formation he likes to play. Just going back to that report that you've just read that says that Gary's a hard worker and very trusted and liked. And I, and I, and I believe all that. It also says that Wolves have a lot of trust in him and his team, which is quite interesting because most of his team, when he was managing Bournemouth are still at Bournemouth. I don't know what his backroom staff will look like because they're still at the cherries. Um, what I would say with Gary O'Neill, and you've just highlighted it there, to everyone outside of Bournemouth, this is seen as a shock. And that's because of the media perception. This perception of Gary O'Neill, that he's a miracle worker to keep Bournemouth up, is, is a bit confusing, almost nonsense, in my opinion. Bournemouth, we've been in the Premier League six years and only been relegated once. And it's very lazy journalism when they predict us to go down because we've got 11,000 seats a stadium. The fact is, as the season evolved last season, as the new ownership come in, as we spent £70 million in the January transfer window and the rest of the league in the bottom half was fading, we were not one of the three worst squads in this league. And I actually said before that any appointment put in that position when he was confirmed as permanent head coach in December would have kept this squad up. Now, he was in the hot seat, Dave. You've got to give him credit for that. He was in the hot seat. He got the job done. But I think anyone could have done that. And... The question I'd like to put in the comments of your video in your channel for Wolves fans to think about is why did our owner switch? If he was that good That's and that like impressive, it, yeah. why has he decided without even thinking about it to let him go and bring another head coach in that's not even coached in the Premier League? That's what the comments are there for, in my opinion, for your Wolves fans right now. Gary O'Neill as a manager, um, I don't know what he is, Dave. It's a very, very, very good question. He doesn't have an identity. I can only base it on the 37 games that I watched for 90 minutes. There is no identity. There is no philosophy. His experience is very limited, less than one season. He flip-flopped an awful lot. And based on that lack of experience and not really knowing what he is as a coach, he then approached football matches, overthinking it and trying to base his formations and team lineups on what the opposition were like and the players they had in their team. And if I'm being completely honest with you, he had a purple patch in April, which saved us and saved him. And the fact that we got to 39 points with four games to go and the team checked out and he actually said, Dave, that he couldn't motivate the players was the most worrying statement of the whole season. And 
that for me should highlight another issue with regards to why Gary O'Neill is Wolves manager and not currently Bournemouth. Um, are you surprised that Wolves have gone in so heavily for uh, for Gary O'Neill based on that then? Or is it, do you think that this media thing about him that you've referred to as kind of like blindsided the thinking? So I'm surprised because if you're watching Bournemouth for 90 minutes last season, you will not see an astute tactical manager that Alex Crook has spoken about. But if you're watching highlights and you're seeing Bournemouth beat Liverpool 1-0 and coming back against Fulham and Madison passing the ball to Billing to beat Leicester away from home and getting three points at Spurs, a flaky Spurs that were struggling at home all season, then it does look good on paper. But when you break it down, Gary O'Neill did not have a set way of playing, a set formation and just confused the hell out of Bournemouth fans. And I would challenge you and any Wolves fan to find a Bournemouth fan that's unhappy that we've switched out Gary O'Neill for Andoni Iriola and you'll spend all day trying to find one because everyone is more happy in the position we are now than when we would have been with Gary O'Neill. And I'm shocked that he's in this position, but as I've said to you already, the media perception has overhyped Gary O'Neill. So from the outside, I can see why Wolves have done this. Unless he's changed, unless he's found a style and an identity in the two months he's been unemployed, then he might be something that I I didn't see last season. But um, I think you'll you, you'll need some patience at the start, and you might be confused if you, a, a bit. Okay, so Wolves have had a decent pre-season. Um, we've had some really good results. We've played some you know some quality opposition. The last one was uh, Rennes at Stade Rene at the weekend where we won 3-1. They'd just beaten Forest in the week 5-0. They beat West Ham 3-1. Wolves fans last year um, put up with the boring football that we were playing to get over the line, to get the job done. You know, keeping clean sheets was uh, Lopetegui. He was giving pizzas out and stuff like that for, for, you know, for all of that. Um, We scored, didn't score many goals at all. Very low scoring. Um, one of the things that Wolves fans were really excited about at the weekend was three great goals, a really high-energy, high-pressing performance. And we want to see a lot more goals uh, next year. Do you think uh, Gary can deliver exciting football and goals for us, continuing on what our pre-season has been like? Based on the 37 games he had at Bournemouth, I would say no. He had one goal a game. In his first eight games, when he was confirmed as a head coach, we lost eight out of the first nine. We only scored something like three goals, conceded 12, five losses in there. We actually went through a spell of not scoring in four games at all. So very pragmatic, trying to learn a bit about himself, but never really getting to a point where you could understand or relate to what he was trying to achieve It's all a bit negative from me. I understand you're probably not grabbing an awful lot from me. What I would say is... Being honest, that's what we want. Yeah. I I mean, what I will say, trying to balance this out a little bit, okay? What I would say is he'll work hard. I I have no doubt about that. He was a coach before he was interim, before he was head coach. He came in with Jonathan Woodgate when Jason Tindall was sacked. He'll work hard. He'll get the respect. I think the players in the main will will be behind him within the Wolves squad. I know you've lost some big-time players, but I think they'll be behind him. I think he'll be an arm round the shoulder. Training might be a bit of fun. 
I don't want to I don't want to lower the standards to cheerleading, but I do think that is probably an attribute he has. If we're talking about tactical ability, I, I don't see much, and that's where I think the problem's going to lie. When you come back to what you said about Wolves hiring him, I see it as a low risk financial low risk. Okay, so he's not going to cost much. He didn't cost us a lot. A lot. It was a cheap option at the time. He kept us up, and we've gone for for bigger things. Okay, I think for Wolves, if it doesn't work out, it's not going to cost you a lot of money. If it does work out, it's not cost you a lot of money. So I just, see as the, as, I just see it as a cheap a cheap option, hoping that Gary grows into this fantastic coach that I don't see in a lot of Bournemouth didn't see, and it works out for you. Apart from that, you could be searching for a new manager in four months' time. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, we'll come on to that. Um, obviously, Eddie Howe, what a man! What a job he did for uh, for Bournemouth. Obviously, over at uh, Newcastle, he was there with Eddie O, wasn't he? No, wasn't he? Wasn't there with Eddie O? No. So he's coming after him. So I was yeah. I was clinging to something there that maybe he got some of his coaching philosophies off Eddie. No, so he came in, Eddie left when we got relegated in that COVID hit season. Jason Tindall took over, got sacked in November, December, January. And then Jonathan Woodcate came in to sort of see the season out. And and Gary O'Neill came in with Jonathan Woodgate. Jonathan Woodgate failed a promotion in that first championship season. And then Gary O'Neill stayed on as part of the backroom staff under Scott Parker. Then we got promoted, Scott Parker got sacked and Gary O'Neill took over as interim and then obviously got the permanent head coach job. Again, what we do know now, Dave, is we don't think he really got the job on a permanent basis because he was the best man for the job. We actually wanted Andoni Iriola during the World Cup, but his current club wouldn't release him. So we talked to Bielsa, but we felt like Bielsa needed more time to embed his style. So we went with Gary O'Neill, and I'm telling you this how I feel. Our owner, pumping £70 million in the January transfer window, just felt like he needed someone in position to get this squad over the line. That's my personal view on it. He's done that, and Doni Iriola become available, and we've gone for him, and we've let go of Gary O'Neill. And I'll keep coming back to the point of, if he's this good... Why would you do that? Yeah, well, I mean, that's a, a really good point. In terms of his defence, does he tend to play a, a back four pretty much? Because Wolves under Lopetegui have been playing a back four for quite a long time and, not, you know, we've, we've only got three central defenders as it is. So the big problem you'll find when you go into search for some stuff on Gary O'Neill is he didn't stick 
completely to a formation or an identity. We flip-flopped from a back four. And actually, I think when we did quite well and we got results, he then reverted to a back three. Then we didn't do well. Then we flip-flopped back. He never, he never sort of went down a channel that he was going to go, this is what we're going to do, win, lose or draw. This is the way we're going to play. This is the team. This is... It was all over the place at times. It was flip-flopping and flip-flopping when you've just got a good result as well. Like, don't change anything. And we were on a six-unbeaten run when he was interim. And we go against Southampton at home who couldn't buy a win. We were being told that Ralph, this was Ralph's last game in charge. And he changed the formation. He was playing players out of position. We had Tavernier played three roles in the first half an hour. And we lost the game 1-0 and Southampton couldn't buy a win. And there's examples there where you're 3-1 up, 2-0 up against Tottenham and you're losing the game 4-3, 3-2 and you're in comfortable positions. We were winning comfortably at Ellen Road and he switched. He didn't do anything. He didn't bring on players to freshen up and we lost the game 4-3. I was going to ask you, what's his in-game management like? Is he reactive or proactive? No, I mean, again, he didn't react when he needed to react. And Leeds is a perfect example of that. If you want to go back and watch that on YouTube, you're 3-1 up at Ellen Road, break the game up, take time out of the game, you know, and we let Leeds get back into the game. He didn't make substitutions. And then, Dave, you're at Villa Park and you've got fullbacks putting balls in the box and you haven't got someone, a striker in the box to win headers. And then you take fullbacks off who can cross the ball and you put Kiefer Moore, a six-foot striker who lives off heading the ball. And he's bringing Kiefer Moore on 3-0 down with one minute to go. Really, really strange substitutions, tactical decisions. And for me, his best spell, his best spell when he was looking after us was when he was interim right at the start. His first interim game was Wolves at Dean Court and it was 0-0. Took a Lloyd Kelly clearance off the line, if you can recall, to to save the point. And I mean, you were the lowest goal scorers at the time. And... um, In that first six games where he was interim, he didn't do a lot tactically. He was just playing players in their best positions and putting an arm around them and just saying, just go and perform, go and do your stuff. We were were six unbeaten in his first interim spell. But then he tried to be clever. He tried to do some tactical stuff. He tried to play players in different positions. Then we lost four in a row. So the minute he tried to overthink it and bring himself up to like an Eddie Howe type standard he failed when he didn't do that he got results okay so um that's a really really good insight um into um into how you feel it's going to be it's not exactly uh, leaving me with lots of uh, excitement and uh, and positivity at, at this point um What's your gut feeling on how he will approach his first few days in charge? of uh, Wolves, obviously, is expected to take his first uh, training session tomorrow. We've got a game away at United. Not a lot of time to do much. Uh, How do you think he's going to approach it? I'm sure he'll approach it with all the effort and the will in the world. He's going to want to try and do his best. He'll know how some Bournemouth fans feel about his time at Bournemouth. He'll know that the outside media very much think he's a excellent coach. I'm interested and I will watch this. 
I am really intrigued, Dave. I'm going to watch this from afar, but I'm interested to see what his backroom staff looks like because yeah. it is our backroom staff that's currently in place with Andoni Iriola. So I'm interested to see who he brings in. Remember, before... some guy coming in from, I can't think of his name, West Ham, who's uh, a coach at West Ham, is I think under 21. So that's been uh, rumoured today, but we don't really know much more aside mm -hmm. from that at this point. You've got to remember that before he was at Bournemouth, he was working as a coach in the Liverpool Academy. So potentially he's got some contacts at Liverpool. He's been in the game an awful long time. He played for numerous clubs through his playing career. So I'm sure he'll bring in people he can trust. They might be inexperienced as well. But I'm interested to see what this new Gary O'Neill looks like because... I'm not giving you much to go off, and that's because he didn't have much. He didn't have an identity. He didn't have a philosophy. What sort of manager? If you could say he's like this sort of manager, if you if you could give me a name, that's the type of manager he is. If you could pick one out, just like you know, to, we can, can sort of associate with a bigger name or a name that's out there. What's the best fit? It's a really interesting question, and I'm just thinking very quickly off the top of my head. It's really difficult, Dave, because the problem I had with Gary O'Neill when we lost the last four games of the season, when we got to 39 points, is what are we going to see this season? Because we did expect him to stay in the job. It's like, OK, he's kept us up. He's on a contract. He's got an extension for doing what was asked. He's going to stay here. What are we going to see next season? And when I'm trying, he's not an Eddie Howe, not even close to it. He's not a Sean Dyche who might play long ball. He's not a... Does he oh, play out from the back? Not really. I mean, it, it's it was all over the place at times. You just didn't understand. You could not relate to it. What were we trying to achieve today? You couldn't understand it at times. Uh, this is the only way I can put it. Right? If you go and have a look at our purple patch in April, we beat Liverpool one one nil. Mo Salah misses a penalty. Okay, so we got an extra two points. We were we were quite fortunate. Leicester away, James Madison passes the ball to Philip Billing. Fulham had no Willian and Mitrovic, and we were 1-0 down at half-time, Dave, and we were terrible. He brings on Marcus Tavernier, who scores a worldie from 30 yards. We go on to win the game 2-1. Marcus Tavernier is a very good point here, actually. He was, he was uh, Gary O'Neill's plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way up to Z. Marcus Tavernier won the game at Molyneux. He won the game at Southampton. He got us back in the game at Fulham. Marcus Tavernier scored crucial goals at crucial times and probably was the difference between us staying up and going down. And Marcus Tavernier was injured for large portions of that season. He relied heavily on wonder players in his squad. It, he struggled when he wanted the team to deliver something. I know you've lost Neves. I know you've lost Jimenez. If you've got some wonder players in your side that can be match winners, he might get you a few points. If he's got to ask a team to deliver a connective formation, move up the pitch together, press, pragmatic, it might be messy. And he doesn't, we didn't score many goals. It was our lowest scoring season. Well, this is what ever. I was kind of hoping that we were going to hear. I mean, you, I think you messaged me on social media, um, sorry, on WhatsApp. Uh, some stats that um, about your goal scoring. I mean, because we didn't see a lot of many goals last year and all the year before it, and we, we want to see more goals. I was hoping you were going to give us a little bit about the attacking style of football that we were going to play, but you 
you're not really that convinced on that. No, so we scored 37 goals in the Premier League. That was our lowest ever goal-scoring season of six Premier League seasons. And he had 34 games. And of those 37, he was part of 35. So he managed 35 of those goals. And again, it took some wonder strikes, some one nils, pragmatic football, getting that late goal, not late, but the goal, the one shot, one shot on target at Molyneux. And it did take some of our new players to come in, like Dangu Tara, Matthias Vigna on loan to come in and score at Spurs. He relied heavily on players to pull something out the bag. And, and that's really where we saved our season and, 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 and we stayed up, although we should have stayed up. This team was more than capable of staying up. It's not a miracle job. But looking at what he's going to do at Wolves, I'm really interested. I'm, I'm going to watch this with interest, Dave, because I want to see how Gary's gone away from his release from Bournemouth. What What's he going to be now? What, what's his identity? What's his philosophy? What's this Wolves team going to look like? And I'm sure that's all the questions you want to know. And you might see it in three or four or five games you might see a lot of flip-flopping, changes of formation, changing of players, trying different positions. It's not easy for Gary O'Neill. Let's be fair here. He's come in with less than a week before the first game. It's a really tough ask. And this backroom team will be brand new to him. People he can trust, but brand new. And yeah, I mean, you've got to get behind him. You will. You well, will the, well I mean, the, the fact is, I mean, the Wolves fans, I mean, it would probably be the same at any club, you know, same with Bournemouth and stuff like that. The manager, Julian's gone. He is the manager. We can't change that. It's mm. It's been appointed. They've obviously gone in for him. I'm worried it might be a Nathan Jones situation at Southampton, that it could be we'll be looking for another manager very, very soon. I'm hoping that it's an absolute genius decision. Um, but it's a real gamble because... If we're in trouble in January, I don't think the money's going to be there like what Bournemouth spent money, Wall spent money in, in January to, to dig us out of it. And it's going to be a real tough job for anyone coming in. Um, the pre-season form's been great. The way we've been playing, we have got a lot of talented players. The squad depth is a little on the light side, but we have got, we did bring in six good players in uh, in the January window. I'm hoping they'll do a little bit more business and they won't sell anyone else out. So there's a lot of talent within the squad. And, you know, some of them are, are fairly new at the club. Obviously, it's going to be interesting how the players are going to uh, react to it as well. And I'm worried and concerned that it's going to end up in an absolute nightmare and we're going to be on this slippery slope sliding towards that trap door and we won't be able to get out of it this time. But like any fan, you start the season full of hope. And I can tell you for a fact that, it's, I mean, you'll probably watch the game, United game on Monday night mm, uh, with a fascination, probably with uh, some popcorn going, you know, eating the popcorn. I'll be there and guarantee all the Wolves fans will really get behind the uh, the players We've got to get behind the new manager. We've got to give him our support until it starts going peak tongue. Your gut feeling, is it going to be a genius appointment and you're going to see Wolves, you know, surprising and doing a lot better than a lot think? Or do you think it's going to end up in tears? Two ways then. 
it's going to go two ways. Famous last words, these are going to be, and it's going to be on your channel. I am absolutely delighted that we have switched it up and gone for Andoni Iriola. However, if Gary O'Neill ends up being this genius coach that has a philosophy and identity that frightens teams in the Premier League, then we've made a massive mistake. Do I see that? Absolutely not. Basing that on 37 games of 90-minute football I watched last season, I don't see it. I think you'll be headhunting a new coach in, at Christmas and it will be a, fi a low financial risk. I don't know what your finances are like completely, but I think that's why you've gone for it. I think the Wolves board are hoping it does turn, up to be, turn out to be a genius decision. I don't see it. I'm sure you're going to be hoping that's the case and you'll have everything crossed. I don't want Wolves to finish above Bournemouth. I know I predicted Wolves to go down in the videos that we've done, but anything can happen in this game. We know that. It will either turn out very well for you or, as I've predicted, it will not end well and you'll be looking for a new coach in December. Well, Kurt, Kirk, I mean, absolutely. Thank you so much for, uh, for giving half hour of your time. Hopefully um, the Wolves fans have found this really insightful. I mean, you've been open and honest. Mm. You know, we'll keep, we'll literally, we've got to keep our fingers crossed. It all turns out uh, really, really well. Uh, guys, please check out uh, Kirk's channel, Cherry's Red Army. It's a fantastic uh, Bournemouth channel. The, you know, Bournemouth is a great club. You know, it's always great going down there. And um, obviously, we do wish Bournemouth all the best uh, for this season. Hopefully, um, we can get together again around the games that are going to be coming up and we can uh, meet up before or after the game. That would be absolutely fantastic. And um, <laughs> let's hope uh, that, you know, we end up uh, not having to look for a new manager in December and that we're, uh, we're doing better than you expect. And uh, I guess... If that's the case, you'll be quite delighted on the one hand, um, but also maybe, um, you know, let's hope we prove he proves you wrong. Let's just hope he does. My final message to Wolves fans, if you don't want to be disappointed and come from a really positive level to being completely deflated, my final message to you Wolves fans is, Take what you hear from the media outside of Bournemouth with a pinch of salt, okay? Because it does not tell the whole story of last season. Absolutely, mate. Appreciate, really appreciate that. Thank you ever so much for coming on, uh, Kirk. Much appreciated. Check out his channel. The link will be in the description below. And guys, leave your thoughts. Kirk's asked you a few questions there in the uh, to put in the comments. Uh, leave your thoughts on this appointment and what Kirk's had to say. And until the next one, uh, we'll be doing plenty of content coming up. Please make sure you smash a like on the video and subscribe for all your Wolves news and content. Until the next one, always Wolves. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.